Tanner Beeson stepped up huge today, and it's going to go so uncredited. It is almost criminal. Bay Area, stand up and let's be heard. No more sitting in the shadows. We're known for our winning ways and not being the best. That just ain't for us. We're loud, we're proud, and we're unapologetic about it. So even when times are looking as dark as the black and blue we wear on our crest, we tell them that Goonies never say die. And when we're done shaking things up on the pitch, there's another shake coming. This is something that's been created by the people for the people. This is everything and anything San Jose Earthquakes related. This is Aftershock. Follow San Jose. Heart. That's all you can say about this game. Heart. That's exactly what the 11, the 12, the 13, and for a majority of the game, 10 guys on the field showed tonight. This is by far my favorite game of the season. This is by far my favorite game of the season. Was it the prettiest? No. Were there crazy highlights here, left, right, and center? No. Was it the highest scoring game? Definitely not if you're a Quakes fan. But what it embodied is everything you love about the sport. Heart, desire, work ethic, fighting for each other, laying it on the line. You wanted to be on the pitch. You couldn't help but scream. <laughs> I'm surprised my neighbors didn't come knocking on the door. It's a nighttime game. I'm screaming on a Tuesday night. This game was immaculate. It's not the best to watch back. It wasn't the best to watch live, but it just got you pumped. It made you damn proud to be representing the black and blue. By far my favorite game of the season. Individual performances, it's, it's tough to go into who did what and when did it happen. Uh, I had player reviews for this game, and I literally just copied the whole thing or selected the whole thing and deleted it because I couldn't. I couldn't say anything negative or not give everyone the same exact score for this game. Every single player on that pitch and on the coaching staff gets a 10 out of 10 for me. It, it, that was incredible. That it wasn't, again, it wasn't the prettiest. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with that, especially for Nathan, right? I guess that's where we'll start. I've been saying it every week. He, he's awesome. He goes in challenges. I love his enthusiasm. He goes in super hard. Uh, he's probably going to cost us a goal during the season. I thought it was going to be from the dribbling plays, and maybe they pickpocket him, and then they score a goal. This time he went for the FIFA challenge where he wins a battle, takes a heavy touch, chases it, and then goes for the slide challenge. Was it dumb? Yes. But that's what you get. You get pros and cons with every player, and that's just one of his cons that he's going in for every ball. And nine times out of ten, it has worked for us. Did it cost us a point today? Probably. Probably cost us a couple. Could have cost us the game. Could have cost us on our beating streak. Has he won us some games? Yep. <laughs> Has he made sure we at least have this unbeaten streak? Absolutely. And is he going to continue to be great for us? Not a doubt in my mind. Will he make mistakes? Everyone does. Everyone does. It happens. You move on. It was really dumb, don't get me wrong, and it was frustrating, <laughs> especially because they scored immediately, and then it seemed we uh, learned how to figure them out just moments later. Don't get me wrong. But because of that, I got to experience maybe one of my favorite games I've had in a long time. 
from everyone top to bottom, from Almeida to JT to even my boy, Carlos Fierro. <laughs> Every single person I absolutely loved watching out there. You got JT making huge saves, making big-time dives, putting his body in the line, in form, still has yet to concede more than one goal. Some of that have to do with the defense? Absolutely. But he's come up big, and he's looking confident in games. Does he turn over the ball still? Again, everyone makes mistakes. I can't nitpick everything. Absolutely loved it from there. It, it almost like a proud father moment <laughs> with this next one. It's just funny because I'm younger than him. Uh, Tanner Beeson looked like a grown man out there. Looked like a veteran. Looked like a European talent out there just because of his leadership and his, just his goal. He wanted it today. Alan Easton on the lineup, have to rest him. Not much experience in that guy. Marcus Lopez, great international player, hasn't played with us in a while. Nathan goes out, so you have Judson in the back line. And then you have Abi Costas, who's still kind of finding his rhythm, even though he started the last eight with the group. Tanner Beeson stepped up huge today, and it's going to go so uncredited. It is almost criminal. Watch back the game. He is screaming at the line. He's organizing people. He looks sturdy. He doesn't look nervous. He's demanding. He's not asking. He's not telling. He's demanding his teammates and the opponents respect from him. He's organizing the lines. It's incredible. It's such a young age. He looks so experienced. The young Stanford kid looks so experienced today. And you have to remember, he didn't play last year. <laughs> he didn't play the beginning of this year. And then even when he did, it was on and off whether he was. And then we threw him in at left back. And today, he looked like the veteran center back who is the heart and soul of the back line. And as if he's been at the club for a long time, it was so incredible, so mature from him, and so inspiring. You can say that about everyone, but especially Tanner Beeson. That was incredible. And then we have Judson right next to him, thrown into 18 different positions this year. Some games not starting, some games he is putting his life on the line. Not just his body, literally his life. My man is diving in front of balls. He is getting hit in the face. He's playing like reverse dodgeball, trying to get hit by everything. It was insane. I couldn't believe how much he was running. Every game, it's like that. But to say I couldn't believe how much running they did, there's only one other man you can refer to. Really everyone. But Christian Espinoza was, had, must have had a portal gun this game because he was playing right wing and right back for us all 60 minutes that he was playing. It was un it's what you want from your players, but it is a unreal ask that much running, especially because all his runs are sprints. They're not jogs sprints. It was unreal. It was unreal. He got the lucky deflection kind of just caused the goal, but again, he caused it. He disrupted them. He was pushing forward. And at first, the first opening five, 10 minutes, it didn't really look like we had too much to go. And then we got in defensive rhythm. And this is what this is what really, really good teams can do. Yes, if you're one of the great teams you're possessing, you're doing that. But realistically, that's not us. That's not us. And I credit Almeida a lot to this. Defensively, we were calm. We said, hey, just because we don't have the ball doesn't mean we're not winning the game right now. Doesn't mean we're not dominating. We're cutting off angles. Yeah, they're getting chances, but they really have to work for them. Or they really have to cut through. They really have to get some type of luck or some crazy play. The man-to-man -man was great this game because it would look a little more zonal versus, hey, if I'm a left back and this is my guy, I'll follow him until I'm a left winger. 
Didn't have any of that. It was when he's in my zone, I have him force cut out the passing lanes. And this game, we showed that we can play in a four back system that we absolutely can play in a four back system. Cause in other games it's like, Oh yeah, that's a little defense, but honestly we look better with the three back and then there's no offense. This game was absolutely beautifully constructed. It was a chess match again by Almeida. He sat back, he read how they were going to play didn't allow any other channels to get through. And then we would go on the counter and credit to our guys. They were effective when we were on the counter. Then the red card happened. <laughs> and again, credit to Almeida. I personally would have put Ramadi back there instead of Jutsen, but you know, hey, it worked out. I'm not the coach anyways. He took out our, he moved our attacking midfielder down to center mid. We never use an attacking midfielder anyways. It worked out perfectly and it allowed Yule to still get forward. And you know, I think Almeida has been listening to Aftershock podcast because uh, I remember a certain someone, who, oh yeah, me, saying that Romadi and Jutsen should be the holding while Yule is in an attacking mid position. And it worked out great. Yes, Yule looked a little rusty and you still want more from an international level player as well as a co-captain. However, his we'll get to his work rate in a minute, but he did great when because he didn't have to constantly keep passing back. When he got the ball, he was already up so he had those darting runs already for him. So it was simple. And then he played quarterback when we were in the final third, just sitting back, observing the play, distributing the ball, spreading it out, changing it down the right wing, get it back, nothing there, left wing, boom, piercing through the middle. That's what you want to see from midfielders. And we don't get to see it much because that's not how our attack runs, but it was great. And man, did he put in a shift today. He must have been listening to the podcast as well. And I've been slowing him. And I said, he deserves to be dropped. My man fought for his spot today. He fought for it. He ran the length and the distance and he went the distance and he absolutely fought for the badge today. And it was incredible to see from one of our captains. And he, again, you want to see a bit more from him, but that's only because he's such a promising talent. Ah, next. And I think this guy is going to get slewed a little bit by the fans. And I think that's incredibly wrong. Aboba say, I thought he was very good for us today. Like, not just like, oh, yeah, he's doing it. No, very good for us. First 20, 30 minutes, eh. Eh, you didn't really see him, especially the half. You're like, all right, he looks a little, like, often look with the team. But, and yes, there's still chemistry problems. And by chemistry problems, I just mean he hasn't played with us. Doesn't look like the people don't like him. Doesn't look like he doesn't like the guys. Just hasn't played with us. Makes sense. <laughs> like, you're not going to get a system in two days. But you can tell he is a smart player. A very, very smart player. His hold-up play is something we've been needing desperately. He doesn't hold on for too long either. Yes, he'll let one or two runs go by him, but we don't need to play the four, first ball every time. Let someone run, open up space, look for the channels. It was great. As the match went on, you saw that he was starting to understand his teammates. He read the game. He was saying, oh, you made that run twice in a row. I know you're going there. He understood very simple things. And I put simple in quotes because these are simple things but they're so hard to execute at such a high level and he just did them he just did them he did them he read them every time and he was making very smart choices and now everyone's going to be like oh well he blew two shots that were terrible and he could have passed to abicasas he could have passed to fiero <laughs> we're really going to be mad at having a striker that wants to shoot when he's on top of the box <laughs> i have no problem with that both shots were unlucky one, the ball was just going a little bit too fast. Couldn't get his foot around it fast enough. Other one, just a bit of a mishit. His crosses look good. His positioning, it's okay. 
it I like I like when he goes back post and I like when he floats behind the defenders, but he has to cut in a little bit more and realize that a lot of our crosses go central. And again, that's just learning your teammates. That's learning how to play. And I think it's a very bright thing for the future. Shea running up and down the line at 30-something years old. It's incredible. Every single player ran for the badge today, fought for the badge today, and had an absolute clown show of a ref today. And they dealt with it. The red card should have been a red card. Should have 100% been a red card. I had no problem with that. We were fouling a bit. I had no problem with that. What bugged me is the 50-50s that could have gone both ways or were rather soft and both teams kind of went away from it every time it went to Minnesota. Every time. It wasn't until the 80th minute after howling and howling about it where you saw us get a couple calls, a few of them. And you know what? You can't have every call, but I really think the referee messed up this game. I don't think it was the best performance from him. I'm not going to blame the ref because could have gone a lot of different ways. We had the silly challenge, and then we fought back. I think a tie is a great result. Could have used the win, really needed the win. It's going to be tough that we're also going three, playing again in three days versus uh, one of the top teams in the conference. But all in all, it was great. And Almeida, this was I think this is one of his best games. I think the four-back worked. I think he tactically set everyone up right. And the substitutions were incredible. They came on at the right times, and he went for the win. Now, I have been a huge, huge advocate of not playing Wando in the midfield. But hey, 80th minute at home, 1-1, you want that win? You put Wando in the midfield. It made sense for this game. All the midfielders had to do was press hard and run. Wando can run for 10 minutes. He has the lungs. He's fit enough to do it. And then you have Wondolowski in the final third. You have him go up a little bit more, have Yule sit a bit back. Then you have Cade Cal, uh, Ibuise, uh, Fierro, and Wando all in the attack. It made sense. Now, the Fierro sub was a little frustrating for me at first because I'm pretty biased when it comes to him. But again, he fought for the badge. He was running back. He was going up for challenges. He was disrupting plays. He made sure that back post ball wasn't happening, and he helped out Abi Costas, who doesn't have the best ability at dealing with back post headers. Everyone fought for the badge. I'm not even mad at Nathan. I'm not. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm really happy with Almeida. The only thing I wish Almeida would have done, start Cade Cal. Starting Cade Cal has to be a must. Actually, the only reason I'm happy with him not playing Cade Cal is because the less footage there is on Cade Cal, the less likely we're going to lose him <laughs> to a European team. This kid changes the game. It is so good. We didn't see the attack. Verona's the game. He comes on. It literally was just like I said last week. It becomes like a dog where it's just like fetch. And he gets it. He gets it most of the time, or at least he's challenging and he wins the ball or he creates space for us to attack and helps us. The penalty was unlucky. Maybe he should have shot it. I think he got, it's hard to say if it was a foul or not. It would have been, it would have been a tough penalty to call either way. It's a tough call either way. It's a tough call either way. And at the end of the day, I think they kind of get it right, but it's also obstruction. I, I don't really know, but he was creating chances. And the way Abobase plays when Cowell's on the pitch, it, it's just, it suits him so much to have that type of play. They need to be playing together. Question is, who gets dropped? I, I think it's Shea. I, I think Shea, if you just give him 20, 25, 15 minutes where he doesn't have to pace himself all the time and he can go 
balls to the wall for back, lack of better words for those, those that short time. I think he'll be a lot more effective, even though he's been great and incredible, not only just for his age, but just incredible for us throughout the season. And I, he's had some mistakes, especially defensively, but I think Cal should be the one starting. And then Espinosa clearly can't be going the full 90, either has an injury problem or just we're saving him for games. That's when you sub Shea on. When you have Cal, Ibu Bise, and Shea on the field together, that sounds great to me. A fresh Shea Salinas with those two absolutely will take that. Then you have Benji Kikanovich coming back in the mix. You can sub him in. I think even maybe some games start him. It is very, very good possibilities. And Tommy Thompson, I promise you guys, as soon as this three-back formation is coming back, my boy Tommy Thompson, he's going to light up the league. I cannot stress that enough. His play down the wing with, without having to worry about the defensive responsibilities is going to be the nightmare for players. I think it's going to be a while until we see him again because he's going to have to get back into the pace, especially Almeida, who has very high standards. And, you know, you got to shake off some rust. But when 22 comes back on the pitch, they'll be number one in my heart. You already know that. <laughs> it was just all in all an incredible week. But now... We have LA Galaxy, the Classico. And we only have three days rest and we got to travel. This is tough because I said last week that I think this was the turning point of the game and we need the turning point of the season and we need to win. We're still just outside playoffs. We're going to get dropped another couple spots because Portland's two games below us, but we're right there. We are right there still and there's a good chunk of games left. Problem is we're playing a game every six days, mathematically speaking, this month of September as well. And Players are looking gassed. Players are looking tired. Uh, and we fought today. And we looked fresh today. But believe me, there's going to be some sore players after today. And especially we have three days to then play one of the top teams in the league who has done quite well against us. Now, I think Almeida will come in with some strong suits. But we're missing Nathan. We're missing players. We're missing a lot of players. Nathan will now be out. I think Alanis suits in well. But the problem is I think Alanis plays better when he's in a three-back and he gets exposed for pace when he's in that four-back. So seeing how him and Beeson will pair together or if Almeida has something up his sleeve will be a great wonder. But it'll also be cool to see how it goes. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see us walking away with a win. I, I would like to just see us fight, especially with what we have. We've been really short staff, and I think Almeida has done absolutely the best and more <laughs> with what he has. He's uh, he's done incredible. He deserves a lot of credit, a lot of credit for these last couple of games. So do all of our players. It's going to be a tough, tough battle. I don't, I can't see, I see us winning this. But when you wear the black and blue, you say Goonies never say die. And we got a chance. We got a chance for a tie. We got a chance for a win. We also got a chance to lose 9-0. <laughs> As Quakes fans realistically know. So it's going to be an interesting couple of days. It's also going to be interesting to see how we do squad rotation and how we recover from this. Until then, vamos San Jose. Oh, hey, yeah, me again. Um, so I just finished filming, and I just read from uh, Favion from Tectonic Takes. Be sure to check those guys out. They're awesome. That the VAR call on Cade Cal's penalty was called a penalty, and the referee decided not to call it a penalty. Even though VAR said it was a penalty. 
Anyways, uh, we'll do double fan questions next week because uh, I didn't have time to do those either. Vamos San Jose.